Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Hugh virtual chat. Well, here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, things are opening up quicker than we expected. And people are slowly coming out of their shells. But there is a lot of confusion and a lot of, I think, trepidation still. We're hearing of more and more restaurants having to close, sadly, and businesses maybe not opening right away. So today, it's going to be taking a look at what is life, business life going to be post-COVID. And even though we're living in it right now too, the plans are already in place to what it will look like in the future. So we're going to meet some great guests here in from Calgary. Well, they're on the Zoom chat from Calgary, from Envision Group International. And they are coming here or through Zoom. I always say coming here because it just seems so, but they're going to be holding some very interesting workshops in conjunction with Tech Manitoba. So the conversation is going to be about inclusion, family life, business life. How is that all going to work in a nice synergy as we move through COVID and into life post-COVID? So let's open it up to the Hue virtual chat. Let's get our guests right into this room, Zoom room as it's called. Hello, everybody. Hey, hi. Hi. Hello. Hi, Kirsten. Hi, Margos. Good to see you again. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Hi, Susie. Oh, and my goodness, hello, Jamie. Nice to have you back in Winnipeg. You know, I keep on saying that this is this whole virtual conversation is just almost like having everybody right in the room. And I'd like to introduce Mr. Pat Leposky from Envision Group International, who seems to be, we caught him on his phone. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously a busy man. So let's open everybody's mic up. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Hello, it's Tracy. Hey guys, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Oh my Good goodness. Morning. Pat, you've got the <laughs> professional mic there. Do you have like your own podcast too? Well, you know what? I do a podcast with my brother. He and I uh, are both consultants in the same way. He lives in Ottawa. I'm out here in Calgary, but uh, he calls it Inspiring Leaders. And we did a whole segment on intolerable bosses. So it was, uh, it was quite the experience, but uh, yeah, we did it for about uh, a couple of years together and he's continued on with inspiring leaders. So it's, uh, I, I just like to look like a radio DJ. I always wanted to be one when I was a kid. <laughs> I know it's you're working. just missing the turntable. Like. <laughs> yeah. I'll get into a little rap in a couple seconds here. And uh... <laughs> uh, well, you know what I, yeah, because we're going to get all about onto what you bring. And of course, Jamie, welcome, Jamie. Hey, how has it been for you through all of these interesting times? And I know before we get into all this big conversation about Envision Group and inclusion and what you guys are going to be talking about, your comments, Jamie, I guess, on the whole Olympics being canceled. And oh, <laughs> she goes, oh. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just think that um, it would be really a very challenging situation for the athletes as they've trained for years. We all know they've trained their whole lives to, to get to this point. So to have it canceled um, because of the pandemic, I mean, we, we just don't have a choice, obviously, but it would be really devastating for them to be just shut down from it all. And, and there's so much unknown. 
through this whole thing for all of us, but even for them, when they can get back to training, when they can be around people, when they can start competing again. Um, so this is going to take a lot of work on their part. Um, I'm guessing they'll be working with psychologists on this because um, this would be really challenging not to get you. For oh sure. yeah, totally, totally. And I and I, I know and Marco will get in you know in, into how you you got connected with these girl uh, with these uh, wonderful people. So just to introduce everybody, this is Pat Lepofty from Envision Group International and Jamie Saleh. Also now part of their group too as well, and also former Olympic gold medalist. She was our mm -hmm. darling in Paris figure skating for so long. <laughs> Thank um, you. No, and uh, and this is Kirsten and Charlotte from RobinPriest.com. Live your truth. So they're our mental health and wellness gurus. They've been our like a mainstay on the show, and of course my great friend Susie Zavik Parker. She's here, and she's our social media darling, and she's also. Um, Winnipeg mom. So I think the family comments and stuff that we're going to talk about will really ring true with Susie. And then of course, dear Margo. So she's been a great, great supporter and tech Manitoba and getting us all kind of tech savvy and uh, really supporting uh, women. So Terry, uh, I mean, Pat, you might feel a little sort of uh, like the only <laughs> guy. So just to let you know, in the whole history of our show, you're our third male. So well, you know what's interesting, if you don't mind me mentioning, it's, uh, well, thank you for having me, ladies. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's, uh, I grew up around uh, many sisters. There's uh, seven kids in a blended family, and uh, I'm only one of three boys in the seven. And uh, the other thing is, I belong to a group called Pow Her House, and it's, uh, it's a yes. women's leadership group that Jamie knows extremely well. Actually, Jamie, you got me organized in the whole thing in the first place. And it's, uh, it's, been, a lot, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's... Uh, uh, most of the work I've done for 22 years, uh, actually the majority of it, if I looked at the roster of people I've been working with, has been female leaders who've moved up to executive. I'm pretty proud of that. Yes, no doubt. So I'm going to give it right to you, Pat, uh, a little bit about what Envision Group does, of course, and what are you going to be bringing here to Winnipeg with workshops in conjunction with uh, Tech Manitoba? Well, thanks very much, Tracy. I appreciate that. So, so again, my name's Pat. I've been uh, the uh, CEO and founder of Envision Group. We've been around for 22 years now, hiding in the shadows within many corporations and organizations. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun where essentially what we do is we help uh, people, leaders, and teams, uh, both in corporate and in sport, uh, envision, plan, and achieve far more than they could without us. And since adding Jamie, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because Jamie doesn't even know this, but she's really coaching me in a roundabout way. But, um, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun actually just helping people in those years uh, really plan and achieve what their true potential is. And each one of you on the call, you think about it from this perspective for you as an individual. Um, you know, you think about your capability and for you to fulfill your potential is, is really achieved through one of two things. And there's, of course, subsets to both of these two items that I'll bring up. Number one is the bedside manner and how you approach people. And number two is the systems that you use to do business with or to do whatever your pursuit is, even philanthropically. And so, you know, the bedside manner is really the soft skills that uh, many of you on, on the call here today are really experts in. And this is really the pursuit that you begin to study. But, you know, you look on the other side of things on the system side. For leadership, it's really, you know, people don't come to work and lead the business. Uh, you run the system that runs the business. And so what we've been doing between Jamie and I for a number of years, Jamie at the very outset was actually one of my clients coming out of Olympic sport. <laughs> 
and uh, you can speak to that, Jamie. But uh, you know, the interesting thing is, is, is uh, we've become a real interesting uh, uh, professional uh, athlete and corporate executive retirement ground, where mm -hmm. the the roster. If you go to our envisiongroup.ca website, you'll see that many of the people that are on our our uh, roster of senior partners and partners now uh, used to be clients of Envision. Wow. That's so how's, how's that, Tracy? That's a, uh, hopefully that's a decent <laughs> that, introduction. That's you in a nutshell. Hey, Pat. Yes, <laughs> I know. So, and you're just the king of it all. But, you know, before we get into the program, I, I kind of did an intro, and it was just kind of an observation that I made. So, Winnipeg, we're actually doing a lot better than, Cal in El El than Alberta or Manitoba, per se. So, we are having a lot of businesses open, but we're seeing a lot of businesses close, especially the restaurants. And in all of this mm -hmm. shut-in and isolation, restaurants and entertainment and everything, that's our heart and soul. Mm -hmm. I kind of see a, 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 little, a, a very big kind of shift. And I really truly believe that what companies like yourselves offer with coaches like Jamie, I think the regular, us regular people are going to really need that. Um, and you might want to speak on it, and on, I'm sure, because you said, or it was on your website, you've been open all during COVID. I'm sure you saw a lot of anxiety of us, you know, where, where is this going to head? I'm going to lose everything, um, you know, and, and Susie, that spills out onto families and the children. And of mm -hmm. course, it's a whole mental health and wellness. Um, mm -hmm. So take it away. Where do you think this is all going to head, Pat? Well, you know, it's interesting, and Jamie, you can fill in where you see fit here, because I know you and I are part of the same conversation and have been for the last couple of months. You know, it's interesting. Every single one of us, we're going through, uh, you know, we're going through the phases of crisis management is what we're going through right now. And uh, one of our partners, uh, his name is Dr. Hugh Dunleavy. He's got uh, his doctorate in theoretical physics and uh, specialty in financial modeling, but, you know, a very smart individual. He used to be the chief commercial officer for Malaysia Airlines when Malaysia Airlines, remember about six years ago when they lost MH370 and MH17 was shot down by the Russians? Um, Hugh was the top executive that had to go in and help all of the families and stakeholders through the trauma of the, both of those tragedies. And what's interesting about Hugh, if you spend five minutes with the guy, you just feel better about yourself as a human being. And uh, what he talked about through the learnings of both tragedies is that, you know, first we have to recognize like there's four phases. First, we have to recognize something's going on. And I think we've all recognized that. Uh, the second phase is we have to respond. And you think about it personally with our families. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about in the sessions that we're going to be running. It's uh, we've all had to respond at home. And, you know, just imagine the, the, you know, the challenges for moms and for single moms and for families. We've all of a sudden become educators. And you look at the different uh, components as we continue to respond. Now, how the heck do we, pardon me to be a little crass here for a moment, but how the heck do we start to plan recovery? And mm -hmm. you're seeing that in different provinces. Of course, Manitoba, you're doing fantastic in terms of recovery compared to other areas. But uh, could there be a second spike? Because I think resumption, which is the fourth stage. So again, recognize, respond, recover, resume. Those are the four phases of, of crisis management. And distinct strategies and personal tactics and, and methodologies have to be deployed at each one of those different steps. Would you add anything to that, Jamie? Well, you know, I, I can speak to this as an athlete when um, this is so similar this time. Obviously, um, this is so much more dramatic, but it reminds me a lot of being an athlete when I was injured and we had to get very creative and really tap into the being that resilient person that was inside of us 
and say, what is the lesson in this for me? What am I going to do in this time? Make the best of the time that I can. And um, whether that was learning new um, like hobbies or just something that was going to help me be a better athlete. Um, so that was really about responding. How do you want to respond to this? People that are responding to this in a positive way are going to come out of this. They're going to recover and resume very successfully. And that's proven over time and since the beginning of time. Um, if the people that are sitting in victimization, which is what athletes do too, um, that's where you fall into so many other problems and you're basically attracting that, right? So it's really about having a very positive mindset right now and a vision of where you want to see yourself when this is all over. Right. So Margo, the workshops that, are, that the uh, Tech Manitoba are going to be putting on, tell us a little bit more about that and uh, how you connected with Envision Group. Yeah, thanks, Tracy. So it was actually one of my team members um, who connected with Envision Group. They and, and Pat gave a good uh, overview of what they what they're up to on a regular day. But actually, out were so I'm with Tech Manitoba, so the association that represents tech companies here in the prairies in Manitoba, and um, they have a very good relationship with the Alberta tech sector. And so uh, many of the companies out there know them. And a girl who's on our team moved to Winnipeg uh, from Alberta, and so was aware of them, and we got connected that way. And then it was just a really good fit. Like, of course, you know, you hear Jamie's story and some of the anecdotes she's able to give and then people on Pat's team. And basically what we wanted to do, you know, to some of the points Jamie already made when COVID hit, of course, there's people that are able to deal with it um, and have different struggles and have different, you know, lenses on what's going on. And one, one lens that you've brought up before, Tracy and Charlotte, in, in some of these calls is that lens of, you know, the female workers at home who are taking on three jobs now. So they're a full-time job remotely, which is a different version of it. They're doing parenting full-time and doing um, co-teaching basically, right? Because the teachers are doing virtual teaching with their kids and they don't totally know how to use it and things like that. So they're basically three full-time jobs. <laughs> Jamie's laughing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's where we came up Totally. To say, could we put on a series of training sessions that are short and helpful that can help those, the women that are in those situations themselves to just know that other people are understanding their same situation. And also at the same time for businesses, you know, human resource managers, leadership teams, um, anyone managing people to say, um, what are the best practices for you when you're communicating with your team who are working from home, especially when they're ones that are balancing that family life at the same time? And then we have a, a program under Tech Manitoba called Maven, and it supports gender parity in tech and in STEM. And, you know, adding that additional lens of in tech, there are maybe certain, certain additional assumptions working in a very male-dominated field. And so on top of that, we really work hard for gender parity in our field in a general sense. And so nice partnership. And though that's kind of a, a quick glance at what the sessions will entail, and I'm sure that they can dig into it better than me. Well, no, and then for more information, right, they can go to your website. So, uh, yeah, so write your web, yeah, your website down so we can share that with everybody. And also when the workshops are going to be happening, Margo. You bet. Thanks, Tracy. Um, the workshops are going to start on June 4th, so there's still um, a good week or so to register and get in there. And June 11th is the second session, and they're right around noon, so 1230 to 2 p.m. on June 4th and June 11th. 
and they're going to be via Zoom like this um, with the ability for Q&A and things worked in. So that's a benefit to not just having it um, like pre-recorded. They'll be able to actually like in, um, kind of still communicate with the facilitators and ask whatever questions they have. And there's a very small fee. It's $20. But um, if you are working for a business that, that can that can help subsidize you, that's great. And because there are outcomes that you can bring back to the workplace very tangibly. And one really great thing to mention is that $10 from every registration fee is going to be donated to a local charity here in Winnipeg, so the Shameless Circle, who you've had on the show before as well, Tracy. Yes, no, that's, that's awesome. And, and you know, like, that, that's what we do here. We're just kind of really trying to create that kind of conversation. And this Zoom platform has been incredible. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there because uh, piggybacking on Margot's uh, comment that especially in technology, it's very male dominant. And now having to come back to work, are, there's probably a lot of anxiety on females, right? To go back to work and maybe not ready. And we've had, or I had pretty to listen to a lot of my husband's conversations. So his business has been going on throughout this COVID period, but now, but they had been isolated or shut down. But now it's a conversation about coming back to work. Um, I'll throw it to Jamie and, and Pat. How do you deal with, and then maybe Charlotte too, and, and Kirsten, because it does deal with mental wellness and health. How do you, how do you, the challenge is, is how do you create that safe culture, right? That safe environment in your business that there is no plan. Well, when, one thing to start off, and I'm going to throw it back over to Charlotte and Kirsten uh, right away. And Susie, it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, you look at it, uh, getting back to work, uh, you can't expect to have a 100% plan. And I just love your comments on that because, uh, again, there's just so much in the air. You know, I'm at home working from home with, uh, with two boys. I've got an 18 and a soon-to-be 20-year-old that's back from university. And my wife is actually running her business today. So I'm the guy staying home looking after things in between sessions. But, you know, again, from our end, uh, uh, to be fully ready for anything is something that's it's, it's difficult, isn't it? And I just you know Charlotte, Kirsten, Susie, I just love your perspective on this, if that's all right. <laughs> Susie. That's oh, my first day with the unmute button. Sorry. <laughs> um, um, yeah, you know what? I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about in earlier episodes about how um, I hesitate to say what things will be like, right? Because we don't really know. There's so much, and I hate this word right now, but it's, there's so much uncertainty around there. But mm -hmm. I think what we can do is we have to think about the things that we can control and the things that we can focus on in terms of whether that's, um, you know, uh, your kids at school or whether you're working from home and helping yourself be more productive and giving yourself work-life balance if you're working from home as well. Because right now, I said this before, but I'm going to say it again, you are not just working from home, you are trying to survive a pandemic and having to work from home. Mm -hmm. not the same thing at all. So there is a psychological duress that we are all under right now that mm -hmm. we are not really uh, able to acknowledge every moment of every day, but it's there. And it's like a beacon in your head, just, you know, pounding at you. And we have to remember that we are under a lot of stress right now, emotional, psychological, and in some cases, physical stress. We need to do what's best for our families and for our livelihoods and for our jobs in the sense that Whatever that might be for us, it might not be the same for everybody else, but I think we really need to be compassionate and to be kind and to understand that every situation is different depending on our privileges and where we are in terms of income, class, even postal code has a big 
uh, impact on how you're able to access resources and things like that, right? So mm -hmm. what we can do right now, I think, is listen and to be there for one another and to offer opportunity or help whenever we can. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in here too, if I can. Um, I'm gonna uh, just uh, piggyback on what Susie said. Everyone has a different situation. Um, it's what, uh, you know, I keep hearing this phrase, we're all in this together and it's not sad. <laughs> not necessarily true. Um, I have construction, hopefully you can't hear that outside my house. Um, but, but I'd like to think that, especially for that female who is having a lot on her plate right now, the priority, to really look at the priorities and what you can control and what is really important. And this opportunity to kind of step back and look through a new lens without all the, um, the crazy um, treadmill that we're typically on. And it's the wellness, uh, mentally and physically, of your family. And um, all the little things that um, are less important, don't let them pile up on your plate. Make sure you have some balance in your world and control those things that um, are really truly affecting the wellness of, of those within your home. Mm -hmm. and I also keep hearing about how uh, it's such a difficult time for many people struggling with um, mental health concerns. And I just wanted to put forth, for my family, it's actually been a huge positive. Um, yeah, and, and I'd like to put that forward because I don't think people get that perspective, but uh, for my family, I have a daughter who um, has struggled for some time, and COVID has given her an opportunity to accept an invitation with a friend, knowing that it doesn't mean she's in a movie theater, uh, in a restaurant, at a party, but she's kind of in a park, one by one, one on one, in, on her terms, and she has just recently had um, more social activity than she has in a long time because she's very comfortable with the plans that are being put forth because she she really knows what that's going to look like and also having you know adversity and and uh, you know going through some some trauma within our home as a family when COVID hit and being a place of wellness and recovery we kind of go well you know what we've got a household of happy functioning well adults we can do anything now. Um, mm -hmm. Having said that, for those who are in a place of really struggling and um, trying to, to manage a health concern, that would have been uh, the straw that really, uh, you know, broke the camel's back for us. But um, our experience as a family is COVID has brought a lot of gifts and a lot of opportunity, um, surprisingly, and um, there are those small stories out there as well. Charlotte, did you want to piggyback on that? Um, yeah, I, Susie, you always have such amazing stuff. Like <laughs> write it down. Yeah. <laughs> you ever want to come work with us? Oh my goodness, yes, you're, you're amazing. Um, yeah, you know, and, and Marga, what we're talking about with the, the moms being super moms in this, um, a lot of what Chris and I are doing for our parent support group that, um, has been really taken off on Wednesday nights is just, you know, giving moms permission not to try to multitask and do everything, but just see what they can handle at this exact moment, you know, and, and work through that and just giving them the supports um, that way. As far as like yesterday, I, I spent the day on Zoom. We started our training of all the new peer support workers that are starting in the two hospitals in Manitoba. So it was a really exciting day for all of us. And when the province started to say we're, we're 
more businesses are opening. We had just set everything up to do it all via Zoom. And I remember talking to Robin saying, is this going to change? And she's like, no, this is actually, we're doing it Zoom. It's working so much better because we have people up in Dauphin that are being trained and all people down in Manitoba. So businesses are starting to look at how do we incorporate still this working remotely via Zoom because in a lot of ways it's working well and as well as start to integrate back into the workplace. But the, um, the one call I was on yesterday, which is the peer support workers from across North America, um, we only had a couple from the U.S. on yesterday because it was a holiday in the States, but there's so much heightened anxiety about going back to work and what that will look like. And that's just across the board. And um, we just keep encouraging them to have, start having open dialogue with, you know, their supervisors um, as to, Hey, let's start looking at how this is going to work. How can we support just for a supervisor to expect them just to jump back in and start working like it has been. There's absolutely no way it's ever going to be that lens again. So but if we can start, you know, having chats about it and there's, you know, weekly Zoom calls or they're daily, whatever, and just starting to get some options of how each person is more comfortable going back and or what that looks like. And, and I think you're going to find um, more people working from home or, you know, maybe a couple of days where you're not having a full staff in the building. It's all going to look different for sure. Well, I really think that... Go ahead, Margot. Go. Oh, I was just going to say that that was a good point that you mentioned about like finding out what people actually want when it comes to coming back. And that, you know, is a nice transition into maybe like asking the question to everyone about what are your tips really for employers? Because, um, you know, it's very, it's, it's important that we're talking about the conversation of being supportive of people who are at home with, these, with this different lens. But, you know, if you're, if you're a manager, a leader, and you've got high expectations and pressure on you to still be delivering the same sales, the same targets, same outcomes, like a lot of people haven't lowered the expectations. <laughs> Some of them have not been lowered. So they're kind of pushing down those expectations and it's causing, you know, more stress and anxiety further down, especially when you have that extra lens of, can I even go back? I have no childcare for my kids right now. You know, so there's that extra thing. That extra we can talk about that. That's for right. sure. Yeah. But what, what's the advice to the actual employer? So I think the first thing you mentioned there, Charlotte, is like do a poll or a study or ask the question for real. Like what are the tangible realities of if we do go back? Um, but there is still that pressure to still have a business that is that bringing in enough money to be sustainable. So there's, a different, there's more than one lens, right? Totally, totally. One of the things I've been saying about uh, as they reopen the economy is that if you need to know what needs to happen to reopen the economy, you need to ask women. And you need to ask women and underprivileged um, segments of society what they really need because those are the answers that are actually going to fix stuff. This is not about what um, you know, the status quo needs to be. This is about, this is about childcare being essential, which I think if you haven't realized that by now, I'm not sure where you've been these last six weeks, mm -hmm. but whether you're a teacher, whether you're a nurse, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, you need childcare and, or you need your child in school until that equation is solved. We can't fix people coming back to work. And the fact that there isn't childcare that's essential, as far as I'm concerned, is systemic sexism. That being deprived from working women is a systemic sexism issue and that needs to be fixed once and for all okay i'm stepping off my soapbox now <laughs> <laughs> well i was just gonna ask uh, jamie how she's kind of juggled like everything that we've talked about mm -hmm. uh, no i i can totally relate to all the moms out there that are uh a little frazzled daily i i'm not definitely not meant to be a teacher i can tell you that right now um 
I have had to embrace it like everybody else and just know that I got to give my child the best possible education I can through through these uh, sessions that the teachers are sending. I, I'm fortunate that um, my, my grade seven child, or the child that's in grade seven, he does quite well on his own, but my daughter that's in grade one, she needs more assistance. And of course they give pushback, you know, it's like, well, I don't want to do this right now because they're out of their environment. So we've really been focusing on, um, like we've all been talking is what do we, what does our family need right now? And yes, education is still very important in our house, but you know what? If my daughter is having a rough day or I'm having a rough day or my husband's having a rough day, it's okay. And so we focus on what can we do today to make the best of this, of, of this time, this whole day, because it's for me, we all, I feel that we all do better or do well when we're happy, when there's laughter, when there's joy. And I know that this is a time this last two months, there's been, it's been challenging to find that, but in our own homes, um, when, there's support when, when you're listening, when there's communication and when you actually ask each other, what do we, we all need right now? I think that's what's most important. So I think just being kind to yourselves and not stressing about, I got to get every single thing done. And we talk about lowering the expectations. It's really just, again, being mindful and kind to yourself going, I'm doing the best I can with what I've got with where I'm at. Right. And that's all we can ask for. Nate, well, I, we talked about that being the silver lining through all of this. Yeah. Really. Well, I, and I think, too, to, to give some more um, uh, weight to the question that Margo was answering in terms of what do we tell employers, we tell employers mm -hmm. that they need to be mindful that there is going to be a wave of mental health issues that come mm -hmm. out of this Mm -hmm. um, pandemic and that their staff need to be fully supported in whatever way that means. So that mm -hmm. might mean that they need to change the way that they manage or the way that they lead in the sense that we need to do mm -hmm. what's best for the larger whole here in terms of the common community. So I totally get the numbers and being revenue focused and obviously you want to sustain the business. Yes. But that might mean that you have to change how many people are in the office at any given time? How are we going to have work from home schedules and have people in the office if they want to be in the office versus those who can't be? So I think that employers are going to have to come up with a lot of answers in terms of how are you going to support your employees right now? Because we really need to switch that way of thinking in terms of employees obviously um, want to be productive and want to you know, be um, great at their job but they need to have that support and they need to have that system within mm -hmm. the company that they're working for. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, Susie, it's, it's interesting. Responding? Sorry, Jamie. Sorry. Go, no, go. I was just going to talk use your stuff. You know how they, it's really important right now, how the companies are responding to their employees. Well, you know, it's funny. Ahead, it's, it's, you almost thank you. you. You know, you picture a roller coaster that goes from one side, goes down into a trough and comes back up again. Um, are people on this side going down or are they on this side going up? And it's interesting, it's emotional times and the human default is to go to the negative. So really as, as strong mm -hmm. parents and strong leaders, uh, you know, within business, within our home environments, it's to know the people around us. Do you think they're going down the roller coaster or are they going up the roller coaster? And when they're going up, it's great to get them excited, to give them things to hope for, give them things to looking, uh, look forward to. But if you find that they're going down, it's to sit back and ask questions and get them talking and be inquisitive. You know, we're gifted with two ears and one mouth for a reason in a lot of ways. But just, <laughs> just think about it. It's a, it's a simple item to look at. Are they, on, are they going down or are they going up? 
and going up, get them excited, talk about what they're hoping for, what this afternoon, tomorrow, next week will look like. But if they're going down, it's asking them, you know, really what's going on. My favorite question during this tricky, tricky time is to go back to different individuals and just uh, sit back and ask them the question. Uh, like right now, if I asked any one of you on the call, what are you most proud of? Like, what are you currently doing over the last few days and few weeks? Margot, you got a great idea in your mind. We could talk about that afterward. But as soon as you ask that question, just watch the response you get from people because mm-hmm. all you're doing is you're encouraging them to go from the downside to the upside just in their thinking. Mm-hmm. And I know, Jamie, you do that every day with visioning. And I know it's a solid <laughs> area that you love doing. Well, because we're all human and everybody has responded to this at some point with fear or like because of fear or anxiety or any kind of negative thoughts, it's so important to go back to the gift and what you are proud of and what you have been doing in this that has been positive. Um, and that's what our family's doing. I'm, I'm not gonna pretend that our family's been perfect at this. Um, we haven't been flawless. We've, I, I would say mostly we're grateful for the pause in the sense that we get this amazing quality time together, but it has really mentally challenged us as well at different times. Um, and I, Pat, constantly do that. I'm always asking my kids to write down their gratitudes and always talking about, it's not always about, well, you got to think about the people that are less fortunate because we do that. But it's right now with how you feel, what you just said, Pat, like, what are you most proud of? That's mm-hmm. so important. It changes their state. And I know for my children, especially, they actually get lit up. And it's the same thing for an adult. As soon as you focus on the good, completely changes everything. Well, Tracy, I'd love to ask you that that question. (laughs) You know, you're sitting back and it's, it's wonderful. You've got this great, uh, you know, this virtual chat. And uh, again, I'm just so proud to be on on part of the the call here as, as part of the voice with everybody else who's on here. But uh, you know, you got to be proud of what you set up in terms of uh, passing on a message through this medium. Well, you know what? Um, I am. Uh, When you, when you said that those very simple phrase and simple words and, I have, of course, created a database of all of the, the guests and people that we have uh, had on, and it is pretty amazing. It's not quite as impressive as, as your list, Pat, but um, uh, it is, and just making great friendships. And, you know, to, you know, stand by Susie and saying, you know, that we have to give a voice to, to the women, the vulnerable, um, you know, that's sort of been our mainstay of the Hue crew and now this virtual mm-hmm. chat. And, and now it's been so wonderful to connect with people like Jamie and like Charlotte and Kristen and Pat, you know, yourself and Margo. It's just because uh, that old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it only <laughs> takes the world to raise a family. But, you know, um, while I'm thinking about all this, the old phrase too, is that we are living in unprecedented times. So we do now, if we want to look at the positive, we have a chance to write our own history, to you know maybe send everything in a upswing on that roller coaster ride, right? Instead of careening downhill. I was I was just wondering, thinking more of on a global, you know, the big corporations and you know, Jamie and Pat yourself, you don't have the luxury now stepping onto the podium and you know being there with everybody how is that going to affect your business now and what you do <laughs> well, well quite honestly uh, i sit beside my dryer window with my ipad with a scene of something going by to f- and sit beside it so i feel like i'm on an airplane again you know it's uh, normally we're traveling quite often but uh, you know it, it is interesting because we you know I, i'm a 
person's person. You're like, I love being around people. That's where I get my energy. So does Jamie. I know you're nodding up and down on that too. And, and it is mm-hmm. tough, but I got to tell you, this medium here, just connecting with people online to see the faces of each one of you and see the, the expressions, like, you know, so much of communication is not the spoken word and we need that. And it's, I've had virtual beverages and coffees with people over the last two months. I'm sure we all have. And I think to get rich, we're going to all go on a bottle drive after this, but uh, you know, but the whole idea, the whole idea of doing, uh, doing what we're doing is we do have to stay connected and that's going to be a huge thing. Companies are having a tough time with it, but I think zoom had over a billion new subscribers by the second week of April. And it's just incredible, like technology-wise. It's, you know, for, for what technology is doing for these unprecedented times is actually quite impressive. Mm-hmm. And did you buy shares in Zoom? I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, and then let's get back to technology, too. I'm, you know, Margot, you've been such an advocate for that. How has that sort of survived this whole kind of, COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, I mean, yes, okay, technology is great. I mean, as Pat just said about Zoom, but there is sort of the downside, right? Trying to get people connected. Yeah, thanks for asking, Tracy. It's so tough for me to have these conversations, you know, because like Pat makes such a good point and I love technology. I use it so actively and obviously I work for Tech Manitoba and we represent, um, you know, the interests of tech companies in Manitoba to make sure that they thrive and grow. And so we're seeing all this super exciting new tech all the time. There's been some really cool things that have come out of COVID of tech companies, um, you know, new kind of software developers and providers that are creating, you know, apps to help connect people and you know like Abicon in Winnipeg just is just launching Good Local where it's a platform to sell like products and services online for small vendors like people who would have gone to farmers markets before but can't do it now it's like you know he's calling it kind of like our local Amazon so these e-commerce things coming up and it's so exciting but the piece that's like tough when I have these conversations is that I know all the numbers and all the realities of the other side of the coin which is people who are not digitally literate like people who do not know how to use a computer and in Canada, you know, all the way from, from Alberta over here, like the numbers are way higher than the average person thinks. Like it's millions of Canadians who are not at a point where they can, where they know how to use a computer or they don't have and access, right? Like the broadband connection that they need. We're a really spread out country, right? And, and we just haven't gotten there yet when it comes to having that equal reach everywhere. And, you know, to when Susie talks about equality around um, childcare and how that should be a right, there is another, another conversation that's circling too around equality and right to have connectivity because everything is online right now, especially during a pandemic where it's really brought to light. Well, Margo, that's my other soapbox is that internet access should be considered a utility at this point because there it really goes. has to be. We really yeah. need to have that as a, now that we have kids learning from home, especially, think of yes. all these kids whose parents don't have money for internet mm-hmm. access. What are they supposed to do? That's not fair. That is not even remotely fair. And it is something that we absolutely need now. So yes, I'm encouraging people to write their MPs and MLAs and to say that it should be a utility. <laughs> okay, second soapbox done. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah, because Jamie, even your story earlier, right, about like just having to be a co-teacher oh. with your kids. Now imagine you had to do that and you had like limited or no connectivity. You had to like drive the kids outside of a store that still kept their Wi-Fi on. So you're in the car, like trying to access Wi-Fi so they get mm-hmm. their assignments and then go back home. Like that's an extra hurdle you'd have to be thinking of even doing, right? If Can't you, even imagine. You could drive. If you have a car, right? <laughs> yeah. Totally, yeah. Susie. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's, a, there's, there's, you, know, you talk about the positives of this thing. And one of the things is that we can really look 
at how much inequality is built into a system. Because yeah. if, if, if this pandemic has brought anything to light, it's how much inequality exists out there that doesn't have to exist. And that there right. is a fix for it because suddenly we we're able to do things that we weren't able to do before. Well, let's fix what we need to fix that should have been fixed a long time ago. Yeah, seems like a no brainer to me. It certainly brought a lot to light. You're right, Susie. Like in, in the positive side of it, it's now out there. And like the conversation of digital literacy a year ago wasn't getting the same traction that it's getting today. So in, in, in a small way, that's a positive because now you can't ignore it. Yeah. I might, uh, I might turn the, the subject a little bit around now that we know that we need childcare and we need uh, Wi-Fi <laughs> internet. <laughs> Regardless. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to have the mayor's wife on on Thursday, Susie, so <laughs> save all of that piece. And <laughs> no. Stacey's um, great. She's great. She's great. She is awesome. She is awesome. So this is maybe directed with Charlotte and Kirsten, sort of on the well-being and the mental wellness, and then Pat and, and Jamie too, and Susie Champion. But uh, we had a discussion about um, things are opening up quite quickly. Like June first, gyms are open. Um, they were like phase three, like in the fall, and then it was arenas and sports. Um, hearing obviously now golf is already is is already on, which was really kind of cool to see. Granted, NHL probably will happen and start in the fall. They've they're got the wheels rolling. Obviously no fans, but these are all sports that desperately need fans and same with the CFL. The CFL is in dire, dire straits right now. But I'm happy because last time I was in Calgary, woohoo, we won the Great Cup. So technically we might still be the 2020 champ, so I'm fine with that. So there was talk though about getting back into those bigger and larger groups and you know the safety level. And I really do see it wavering. Would you not go into these larger events until there is a vaccine? Or because you love the team, you gotta go. Even if they said safe distancing, whatever. Pretty big risk, isn't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we don't ever see everybody. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. Yeah. Well, you could probably be front row because there wouldn't be very much well, people. You know, you know, it's you know, interesting, was, Tracy. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Margo, please. I was just get, you know, you can jump to you right away. I was just going to say there was a stat in the free press this morning saying that in Manitoba, we're literally split down the middle. Like it's basically 50-50. And then there's a few people that said we should have been back a long time ago, but everyone else is totally 50-50. Like our province is split. I don't know what you guys are seeing, Pat, but. Yeah, well, we're seeing the same thing. There's a couple of national surveys that have been out there. We've been staying as close as we can to some of the data on this. But, uh, you know, it's even like the impact of this, uh, not to get back to business, but it does relate to sport because for the number of people that are going to be comfortable going to a sports stadium to actually watch a game is probably going to be pretty consistent with the percentage of people that are comfortable going back to the office and back to work. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing where I think two things will come into, into place here. There's, there's so many organizations that are doing tests to find out if, uh, of course, we, uh, like, again, the number of provinces that are pushing for, for uh, general population to go through testing, you know, maybe some of us uh, don't have COVID and we won't get it. We don't know until we're tested. Maybe some of us are highly susceptible to it, so we should steer clear of that. You know, in the absence of a vaccine, I think the testing is probably going to be the one part that gives the confidence to the general population, but there's still going to be the average risk taker out there that uh, is, is going to push the numbers up in terms of uh, cases that are on. And we've seen over the past, uh, even the Memorial Day long weekend down south of the border, 
some of the massive crowds that were gathering. You can only imagine the spikes that are going to happen. And we get to learn from that, which is the fortunate part. But the unfortunate part is going to be the, the people whose health is at risk and potential loss mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. So I think I think that's going to be a big weighing in factor. I can't wait to watch hockey again. I'm a bit mm. of a fan, and uh, I know Jamie, you are too. Just you married a <laughs> hockey player, and uh, you know with Craig, and it's it's just it's going to be interesting. It's it's uh, you know, do you risk it or do you stay home? Personally, I err on the side of uh, being a little bit more cautious, being a you know a family guy, and I've got two kids that I wouldn't want to bring something back to. But again, what if I was a frontline worker? Do I do I take that risk on as well? And uh, it's it's a big question for everybody. And I think uh, mm -hmm. people's risk tolerance is going to be put to the test. Well, mm -hmm. I think so. And, and ethics. Think, yeah. Well, you've made an interesting point with all of the big celebrations and, and large gatherings in the U.S. I am kind of happy right now that the borders are closed <laughs> and there is no travel because um, that, I mean, we could be, we could do all our do good diligence and whatever, but that may mm -hmm. all be for naught. So that's a, that's a big question. And the border is only closed until June 21st for non-essential travel, but people can still travel if they have family here, or they live here, they reside, they have a home in Canada. We're living that because we have, a, we have two children that live in the States. So it's, um, yeah, it's very nerve wracking. Um, but again, I like what Pat said about being able to learn from, from what they're doing down South. I personally, um, you know, I don't think I'm invincible at all. And a lot of people around me seem to think it's not a big deal if they get it. I've had friends who, uh, two girlfriends actually, who are event planners that are, are still, um, they had false negatives. Their doctors are sure of it and they're still recovering from it. Um, we've read in the news that there's an actor down in, um, in the States that, uh, very, very healthy actor. He's actually a friend of a friend. And he's lost a leg due to this and he's still having a hard time breathing. So we're not invincible. They're saying, you know, it, it, the people that are passing from it have certain health problems or, or ethnicities or whatever. But I'm like, I really don't want to get this. And I definitely don't want to be spreading it to my family members who are immune compromised. So that's how I feel. I would rather wait to be either tested or to have a vaccine for this. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, Jackie, it's, it's interesting. Sorry to jump into this comment, but it's, uh, I apologize for that, but it's interesting. It's, you know, I'm passionate about this, that, uh, you know, sometimes when we're going through adversity and we're going through some of the challenging times, you know, denial is a big part of this. And, and yeah. I just encourage everybody to, you know, just instead of being risk tolerant, look for the facts as much as you can, just as Jamie yeah. was saying, and then all of you were talking about on this call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no. And we're very fortunate too that uh, like Charlotte with your peer support uh, extra peer support workers that we got this amazing grant from, I think totally having these extra workers around will be amazing. And uh, just on that, how will we be able to access or how will people be able to access just through the, the hospital for peer support workers, like for your extra workers? So the, um, there's, they're only um, trialing it in two hospitals in our province. So it's the Dauphin um, Hospital and then the CRC, which is the Crisis Response Center that's attached to the Health Science Center. Okay. And when um, somebody comes to either of those hospitals presenting with uh, a mental health challenge or a family member, um, a peer support worker will, will come to them. So right now, um, just because we don't know when they're going to actually physically get into the eMERGE. Um, 
it may be through a phone conversation to start, but I know both hospitals are quite excited about having them in the waiting room when that day, that day comes. So it, what's great about it is that the, the staff at the hospital are not choosing who can see a peer worker. Um, they're just saying, hey, there's another person in the, in, the, um, in the waiting room and you can go and start talking to them. And the reason for both sides is sometimes the individual doesn't want to talk to a peer worker, but so often a family member really needs somebody to talk to because they're terrified. They don't understand what's going on. They just really need some support. Or a family member doesn't want the help, but the individual wants, um, wants somebody to talk to. And then from that, there'll be um, family um, uh, on Zoom for family members to, to join into a support group through with peers as well. And that's going to be Wednesday nights um, going forward, which we're really excited about. Um, and back to kind of what Pat and Margo and Jamie were talking about, um, with the business sex sector, um, and there's going to be so much mental health challenges coming out of this. Um, one of the problems in every province is there's not enough um, like doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists to cover what's happening. And I'm, we're really hoping that more businesses will start taking a look at that peer model um, and then having people trained with that lived experience, whatever that looks like. Um, one of our clients is a, a major North American airline and, and we've trained their pilots to do peer support. And um, so it doesn't mean they all have mental health challenges. It's just, they all are pilots and that's what the peer, the peer support is based around and the challenges of being a pilot and, and a family member and being a pilot and, and uh, you know, all that, the challenges that come on. So it's not always mental health that what we do, it's, um, it's the business side of whatever that looks like. Um, We've done, you know, work in the oil and gas where, you know, a bunch of oil and gas people and uh, developed a peer training around what it's like to work in that field. Um, I'm just a big fan of peer support. As you guys all know, I just think it's such a huge piece of uh, someone's recovery story is when having somebody with lived experience. Um, and I was liking what Pat and Jamie were talking about, you know, looking at the gifts in this. But, you know, one of the things that we always talk about in our in our when we're on our calls with other peer workers across, um, they're coming on from everywhere. It's, it's, we always ask them what's coming up for them today or what's coming up um, this week. And we've seen a whole bunch of themes. Each week has a different theme across like the world of what people are feeling and going through. And uh, we found that to be really quite interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I swear the whole world was in an anger phase. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. they were all like rare. And it was funny because some people were like really snappy and, uh, mm -hmm. and then when we started to realize like, it's like everybody has this and, um, and recognizing those um, themes that are going on and then balancing around that. So, you know, if there was a week where all, every mom was screaming at everybody, I swear the whole world was doing that to that week. Um, and then we always end our calls, you know, with, you know, let's talk about what you guys are doing for self-care. So, you know, instead of, um, and and people are getting quite silly with that because, you know, self-care can be something as, you know, like yoga or meditation, just, you know, like whatever. It's, it's fun what people are, are um, saying it's their self-care now. Um, it's, it's not always about, you know, doing the yoga and the meditation. It could be as easy as I cleaned out my uh, cutlery drawer and that was my self-care. <laughs> it's been driving me crazy. So anyway.
Uh, I see Pat smiling. Did you clean out your cutlery door drawer? <laughs> oh, no, I cut my hair. I cut my hair and I felt proud of that. And I'm oh, really happy good. I did. <laughs> yeah. Looking pretty shiny up there. So, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, no, no. But, um, hey, and then the, oh, just the one other thing about the sports and going back to it, um, I'm seeing that with, I, I go for a walk with a girlfriend of mine who, who is one of my closest friends. And every time we go for a walk, even though we're doing social distance, she wants to know where I've been. And, uh, and anytime I go to Costco, she honestly doesn't want to walk with me because to her, Costco is like where I'm going to catch it for sure. Um, I do her, I do a lot of her grocery shopping for her. So she, she's like happy I go to Costco, but not happy I'm, I'm going. So it's not going to be always about those big group settings. It could be as something as like going to Costco. I mean, I'm okay. She's okay walking with me if I've been to Safeway, but Costco for some reason, she doesn't want to see me. So. It knows no boundaries. It does yeah. not discriminate. Remember, yeah. I know because uh, you can talk to all of your friends. They have so many different variables of what's safe and what's not safe. Yeah. And you're mm -hmm. right. You have to decide for yourself. But quickly, Susie, I heard that schools are going back maybe as early as August 31st. Is that true? And how do you feel about that? So there's been some um, back and forth about that actually, and it's really going to be uh, depend on the school divisions. And what it's really going to be is not about classrooms, but about one-on-one -on -one sessions with teachers. So oh. it might be just ways for students to catch up face to face and see if they need anything, they need mm. extra hands-on um, learning opportunities, whatever. But we're not looking at full classrooms or even half full classrooms. I think we're looking at a by appointment basis. Okay. And and sort of that one-on-one -on -one touch point with the teachers. Because at this point, I think that um, I would not be sending my kids back, first of all, especially in elementary school, there's no way. Um, so I think that we're looking at a government, you know, move to get things back to normal, but most parents are like, oh no, no, we're not ready for that yet, not back to normal. So I think we're gonna see a very gradual um, transition back to school. And as for the August 31st date, that again is just to get those days, I think, into the, uh, into the calendar yeah and get kids started a bit earlier yeah i know i found that very kind of whoa but i now with you when you explain it now it sounds okay but even at that i guess maybe that's just to take relief off of i guess the parents too i don't know um well how I, many are gonna take it? as we talked about a lot of parents and students are struggling right if they don't have that access or if they don't have the resources that they need at home then they do need that extra one-on-one uh, -on -one time with the teacher for sure right. Mm -hmm. right okay wow well thank you know it's so much it's been so great to see you jamie again and uh, nice to meet <laughs> nice you, to see you too yeah no and hopefully you you can come to winnipeg or you know sometime soon and we'll have you back on a real show <laughs> Well, yeah, thank, thanks. Thanks for having us. One of our partners with our Envision team is actually right in Winnipeg. Uh, his name is Scott Donald. He's a local. And uh, so okay. he's, uh, he's on our website as well. But again, I got to tell you, it's a real pleasure to be on with all of you. And thank you for even considering bringing a, a guy onto the call. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really appreciated the perspective of each one of the, you know, everybody who participated yeah. in today's conversation. And it's, mm -hmm. in some ways, we're all learning in this together. And, uh, you know, that's the big thing that I'd like to take away. Well, yeah. and, and for me, it's learning more about businesses like Envision Group and um, having worked for uh, another big company, which I think, Pat, I think you do have a history with, too, uh, with Shaw. Um, Absolutely. You know, learning about mm -hmm. the, the corporate environment and what, you know, what your group does. And I think that your work was, 
and of course, you know, having Jamie on your team is going to be so important moving forward with a lot of these businesses, both medium, small, and and, and bigger corporations. So appreciate it, and definitely your courses that you're going to bring to Tech Manitoba. Thank you, Margot, once again. Yes. Oh, and I was just watching our Hugh crew, and unfortunately, we were just talking and so excited about you doing your TED talk this year. No, but um, we the Phoenix Winnipeg crew will be revamping everything um, for next year. So okay. just delayed. Just delayed. <laughs> you have another full year to then practice. So then you're going to be yeah. staying on. <laughs> That's exactly it. And the topic of digital literacy will only be at more of the forefront of people's minds because yeah. of the pandemic. So hey, you're good. Silver lining. Well, so good to see you. And thank you so much, Charlotte, Susie, and, and Kirsten for joining. And don't forget Tracy Bowman on, on Thursday. And Pat and Jamie, you're welcome to come too. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Okay, take care, everybody. Thank Stay you, away. everybody. Nice Bye. meeting you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.